There's never a dull moment when it comes to Minnesota sports. Rather, it's positive or negative. The Yankees have swept the Twins. Minnesota Sports Chat has you covered. Talking nothing but Minnesota sports all year long. It's time now for the soon-to-be award-winning, if only in his own mind, Minnesota Sports Chat with your host, Ross Brendel. The man behind the melodious tones to that open will join in moments Mr. Manny Hill at Manny Hill 84 on the X Machine from Jazz 88. Score North, Purple Insider. You'll hear him there from time to time. He joins in just moments. This is edition number 198 of the soon-to-be award-winning Minnesota Sports Chat. Award-winning, if only in my own mind. Hard to believe we're coming up on 200 editions of this podcast. This podcast brought to you in part by our friends at Beans Coffee Company. Make sure you use that promo code SPORTSCHAT at coffeebybeans.com to save some cash, some chatter. Do people still refer to cash as chatter? I don't know if they do. Actually, I'm not really sure if they ever did. Make sure you save some cash on that delicious, tasty coffee. Promo code SPORTSCHAT at coffeebybeans.com. It truly does just taste better this time of year. I don't know why. Maybe that's just the colder weather here in these here parts in the upper Midwest. I'm crushing the Mikado. Back to that. Was on the Perfectus for a while. Now I'm on the Mikado. Whatever you prefer, all flavors and blends are available at coffeebybeans.com. Order by the bag. Order in a subscription form. However you want to set it up, they can help you and they can do that. Beans Coffee Company, they ship anywhere in the U.S. Free shipping on all orders. Over $35.00 coffeebybeans.com. Use that promo code SPORTSCHAT again. You will save at checkout. Mr. Manny Hill joins the pod. How you doing, my guy? Good to see you. I was just going to tell you cash, which is just as good as money. (laughs) And they'll give you cash, which is just as good as money. Have you watched on Netflix, It Ain't Over Yet, the Yogi Berra story on Netflix? I have not watched that yet. I I temporarily turned off my uh, Netflix. You you know how I operate. You probably operate the same way where I'll, you know, I have subscriptions to like all of the streaming services. And once in a while, just to kind of save a little money, I'll turn one off. You know, if I don't want to use it for a while, I'll turn it off for like maybe a month or two and then get back on that one a couple of months later and turn off another one. So I'll probably be back on Netflix next month. And then, you know, I might, uh, I get Hulu for free, but I might um, turn off Paramount plus or something for like a month or two. Well, that kind of thing. and you know, and Manny, I, I fully admit I'm an idiot because I continue to overpay for cable, but I overpay for the convenience because I know everything is there and I don't have to have a bazillion apps. But because of that, I do also, like you, have a few other streaming services. And when we get to summertime, and I'm a nut, I'll watch probably parts of 155 of 162 Twins games. I think that'll tell you right there why I'm single. Um, 
That's not a lie, by the way, folks. Yeah, that's Ross is 100% being true about that. <laughs> and that's not a lie. So I will cut most streaming services in the summertime because, A, you are outside more. You're doing more things outside. You just have less scre- less screen time. So now I am yep. back on the Netflix machine. Uh, also, there are a lot of good free services, too. Roku has a lot of great stuff. Um, Pluto TV, Tubi, even TCL is their own channel where you can find a lot of good stuff. So don't forget about those services as well. Uh, Manny, I think the Minnesota Timberwolves right now are heavily enjoying the services of Rudy Gobert, Carl Anthony Towns, Anthony Edwards, Jade McDaniels. When he's on the floor, he's been a little injury prone as of late, but when he's on the floor, huge difference maker defensively. As we record this on December the 19th, your Minnesota Timberwolves are the best team in the NBA. I will remind people, Manny, it may have been with you. And correct me if if I'm wrong or maybe you remember this. About halfway through last year, I said, give this thing time. The Minnesota Timberwolves will represent the West in the NBA Finals in the 2023 season. People mocked and laughed at me. I'm not saying it's going to happen, Manny, but a quarter of the way into the season, they're in the mix. Yeah, they're they're right there and they're legit. I mean, I mean, hell, Ross, we're more than a quarter of the way through the season. I mean, we're uh, about thirty percent, a third, maybe now. close to a third. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the Wolves are twenty and five. You know, as of this recording, and um, tied for the best record in the league with uh, with Boston, I think, and they they look every bit as legitimate as any of those other teams. And you know, I think sometimes people are going to be a little bit hesitant to sort of uh, crown them as as the late Denny Green once uh, <laughs> term late Denny Green once coined, um, but. They're going to have to at some point because this is, um, you know, we're a third of the way into the season and this team is the best defensive team statistically in the league right now. Um, And they're just, they're performing at a high level. And at some point you're just going to have to give them their flowers and give them credit for what they've done so far um, and, and sort of shake the, or drop the, Oh, it's just, well, it's the Timberwolves. So, you know, they're not, you know they they have to do this this and this in order to prove it. I think they've done enough to to uh, to show and prove that they're one of the best teams in the league and um, that they're going to go on a run here, potentially going on a run, uh, depending on the matchup they get in the first round of the playoffs. So they're they they've got all the goods, man. They're they're defending offensively. I think they're they've they've you know had some tough tougher you know difficulties, so to speak. Uh, good offensively as as one would would want them to be, but you've got everybody healthy right now. You've got Cat statistically having a really great year. Anthony Edwards is doing what he does, and um, you know Mike Conley is is coming through offensively sometimes um, as well, but really just kind of as a floor general, he's been he's been excellent. And you know, and and I think the the biggest difference. That we're seeing with them now is everybody has, you know, they have an identity as a team, and everybody, every individual player on the roster 
has has an identity and has a specific role in in this team's success. They're not trying to, you know, they're not trying to make Rudy Gobert a focal point offensively. I mean, Rudy's just getting points where where they're available, lobs, um, running to the rim, putbacks, that sort of thing. Um, the primary offensive weapons on this team are Anthony Edwards, Carl Anthony Towns, Nas Reed coming off the bench and providing a scoring punch. Um, and then, you know, you've got guys like Kyle Anderson who are really good playmakers. Ant is also making plays for other people. And uh, I mentioned Mike Conley being a kind of a steady force as a starting point guard. So they they're they're doing everything that you could you could possibly want them to do. Um, this is when they made the trade for Rudy Gobert. This is what Tim Connolly and and Alex Rodriguez and Mark Laurie and Glenn Taylor and everybody in the organization, Chris Finch. This is what they envisioned this team looking like when they made that trade for Rudy Gobert two summers ago. I don't know what changed, why it changed, how it changed, Manny. But to me, the biggest reason this thing has taken off for the Wolves here in the first, I guess we'll call it third of the season, is Carl Anthony Towns. Uh, there's been, you know, there's actually been a lot of talk, as you see on the X machine. Oh, no, he hasn't changed. He's always been this player. I would strongly dispute that. He's less pouty than he's ever been. Whether he knows it, whether he willingly accepted it, he's kind of taken a backseat to Ant and Rudy. Rudy's the star on defense. Ant is the face of the team. But here is Carl Anthony Towns just doing his thing, getting points, also playing defense, hitting big shots. He struggled out of the gate and the team was still winning. Now he's found himself in to what you talked about, Manny, his role and identity on the team. And to me, when you talk about that big three or big four, if you want to throw Jaden in there, I think Carl Anthony Towns is as important or more important than anybody else I just named as to why this team, or I guess maybe not important, but one of the biggest reasons as to why they're at where they are right now. And Manny, I really can't believe that I'm saying that because going into the season, I think we all assumed, well, at the end of the year, they're going to have to trade Carl Anthony Towns. Well, at the end of the year, if the Minnesota Wolves, Minnesota Timberwolves, end up in the Western Conference Finals, maybe they fall short of the NBA Finals, but they go on a playoff run. And Carl Anthony Towns is a huge part of that. Well, I think that changes the offseason math a lot. So it, it's kind of incredible and a huge testament to him that in late December, we're talking about him in this way. 100%. I think the also the, the other thing, too, you have to factor in the biggest difference uh, from last year to this year with kind of this core and this setup is Carl's healthy. You know, remember he missed, you know, two thirds of the season last year. He missed, you know, 50 plus games uh, with that calf injury. And, you know, the team, the team was kind of a, you know, and they were a 500 team when he got hurt. I think they were like 13 and 13 when he got, when he got hurt that that night in uh in DC. Um but you know when he came back he he provided kind of an offensive punch for them down the stretch. And then we saw uh we saw them get to the playoffs and really, you know, with the exception of game one, 
really kind of took it to the eventual NBA champion Denver Nuggets in that first round series. They lost the series in five games and, you know, were on the verge of being swept. And then uh, Ant had a great performance in game four at Target Center. But, um, you know, they 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 played Denver tough. And, and I think it was kind of a, a sign that, okay, maybe we don't need to break this thing up just yet. Let's see how everybody can look in a full um, in a full 82 game season if everybody's healthy and you know everybody's a, a, a year more mature in Chris Finch's system and uh, more comfortable with each other and that kind of thing. And and they're showing it now. They just um, they look fantastic. It's been it's been a lot of fun to see. Are there concerns that you have at the moment? The the one concern that I have, but admittedly I've stolen it from other people because once you draw your attention to it or they draw your attention to it, it does stand out more. They're probably a little bit light at point guard. I know the fan base is clamoring for a Tyus Jones reunion. I don't know if that's possible or not possible. I think he would definitely be open and willing to it, but it's not all up to him. Is that your biggest concern with how the Minnesota Timberwolves are currently constructed? And if you tried to go out and get another guard, is that worth uh, rocking the boat, so to speak, when things right now are seemingly going so well? You do have, what, two months leading up to the trade deadline, but technically the trade window is now open because anybody who was signed in the offseason can be traded at this current moment, I think you could actually do that as of a few days ago. So is the guard assessment fair that that's maybe where they're light? And would you entertain making the right deal? I would think about it. Um, it is, you know, I will say that to, to answer your question, to answer your first question, that is kind of a, that is, if there is one concern, I think that that would definitely be it. Point guard depth. Uh, they really essentially don't have a backup point guard right now as it's as it's as we speak. Um, but uh you know, I, I think that if you're in a situation where if that if that depth or lack of depth, so to speak, um starts to kind of show a, a real effect and it's starting to kind of cause you to lose some games that you maybe maybe um should should win and you know if you, you end up losing that game you're saying okay well if there had been there had been a little more depth there at the point guard position that would have been that would have been really helpful or if it's just you know let's knock on wood here but let's let's say something does happen to to Mike Conley and, and you know then you're you're really in a tough spot where you're probably, you know, you you I think in that particular situation you would have Ant sort of take over as kind of the lead playmaker in which he kind of is kind of sharing that duty with with Mike Conley right now anyway. But um you know you you definitely have to keep that in the back of your mind. Um maybe you don't really pull the trigger on any deal until you 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 can see that sort of speak so to speak kind of help you um or you know be kind of a detriment to you if you start losing games because you're not um 
that that lack of depth at the point guard position is is kind of hurting you. So it's an intriguing thought. I mean, I think Tyus would help a ton, you know, if they were to make the move. But then you also have to think about okay, what's his cap number? I think he's making, I think Tyus is making like fourteen million or something this year. You know, it's a it's a pretty hefty chunk of change. Um, so then you'd have to think about like Mac, you know, matching salaries. You have to figure out okay, well, who's going to go out to match the salaries for him coming back in. And then what else do we do we give up as well? Because Tyus, I think, is an expiring contract this year. So the Wizards essentially don't really have any incentive to just trade him away because he's an expiring contract, unless you're going to give them like, I don't know, like a future second round pick or something like that as well. Uh, you'd have to give them some sort of incentive to to want to give up an expiring contract, which has value in itself. So, but yeah, I mean that'll be something something to kind of monitor over the next couple months as we get closer to the to the trade deadline. The Minnesota Timberwolves are winning. They are healthy. One team struggling to win and not nearly as healthy is the Minnesota Vikings, who, despite their best efforts to perhaps miss the playoffs in the 2023 season, at seven and seven, they are currently in the sixth seed. Their playoff chances took a little bit of a hit last night with the Seahawks, I would say, unexpectedly beating the Philadelphia Eagles. I know Seattle is a good home team. They're not as good as they were in the past. They also, I believe, were using the services of Drew Locke all night last night. So that also surprises me a little bit that the Seahawks were able to get a victory without Geno Smith. But the Vikings at 7-7, seven and seven, having used four quarterbacks, they are still in the mix, even though they're coming off a pretty disappointing loss on Saturday to the Cincinnati Bengals, where they led by 14 at the start of the fourth quarter, gave up 21 points in the fourth quarter, lost in overtime in just a classic epic battle of backup quarterback. I don't want to say futility, but that game clearly looked like two backup quarterbacks in the NFL trying to navigate their teams down the field. You saw a lot of brilliance from Nick Mullins and Jake Browning. You saw a lot of brutality from Jake Browning and Nick Mullins. Manny, the Vikings at 7-7, seven and seven, I still think the number is nine wins. If they can win their next two games at home, I feel like it is likely that the Minnesota Vikings will head to the playoffs. However... I'm not convinced the Minnesota Vikings will win their next two games at home. I feel I feel like the Lions should beat the Vikings twice in the next three weeks. I think it's possible, likely, the Vikings can beat the Packers. But you're asking them to beat the Lions at least once in the final three weeks of the season. In my opinion, if you're going to do that, it would be at home. So logic tells me if the Vikings are going to get to 9-8 and eight and make the playoffs, they need to win the next two games at home. I'm not super confident in that, but Manny, I can tell you this year, the Vikings 7-7 seven and seven record, I can tell you not every time, but most of the time, when I have thought the Vikings would lose, they have won. When I have thought the Vikings would win, they have lost. They have been incredibly difficult to predict. And I think a lot of that has to do with, obviously, the instability at quarterback and also some other injuries around the field. 
I we're 14 games in Manny. I don't know what to make of this team. I, I, I know they're good relative to the rest of the league. I don't think they're that good, but I think they're good comparatively, but I don't know if that will be good enough to make the playoffs. My gut says no, but I wouldn't be surprised. Where are you sitting with the current six seed and seven and seven Minnesota Vikings as they head down the stretch run towards the playoffs, trying to hold off the Rams, Seahawks, Saints, and I guess you can still say Falcons and Packers. And then when you include the Vikings in that, that's six teams all within a game of each other fighting for two spots, actually seven if you count the Buccaneers who are seven and seven, but they're going to win the South or somebody's going to win the South. So that doesn't technically count. So you have what if I'm doing my math here, Manny, that's that's correct. You got what? Six teams fighting for two spots. You have five teams at seven and seven fighting for three spots is what it is. And one of those three spots is the NFC South. So you've got Tampa Bay and uh, New Orleans and, you know, Atlanta is still kind of hanging in there as well um, to to get that spot. In theory, in theory, between those teams, though, in theory, I'd have to look at the schedules. You're, the Saints and Falcons or Saints and Buccaneers, two of those three could still make the playoffs. Yes. Well, so so here's here's the way it's set up. One's going to win Vikings, the division. Yeah. If you if you want the Vikings to make the playoffs. You are rooting for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to win the NFC South. Correct, because the reason, they have a tiebreaker over you. They have a tiebreaker over you. So if you if they win the South, it's completely irrelevant to you know any sort of tiebreaker situation that could hurt the Vikings um, and hurt their chances. Atlanta, on the other hand, if Atlanta's in a situation where they're fighting for a uh, wild card spot, well, the Vikings have the edge there because they beat Atlanta earlier this season. And the same goes for the New Orleans Saints. So that's the biggest, that's going to be the biggest key here is who ends up winning the NFC South. Because if Tampa Bay wins the NFC South, which I, I think they are going to, by the way, because they seem to be playing the best football out of those three teams. Um, Tampa Bay wins the NFC South. That really opens the door for the Vikings to to get in, even potentially at eight and nine, which you know, yeah, correct. Whoever I mean, feels good about making the playoffs at eight and nine. There but, is a scenario but, um, and a decent chance that the seven seed would be eight and nine. And Manny, if you're the Vikings, yeah. I'm sorry to cut you off. I don't really think it matters if you're the six or the seven seed because I, I think we all acknowledge the Vikings going on any run in the playoffs would probably take a little bit of luck and just playing insanely hot football for a month. It probably doesn't even really matter who they're playing. Right? I mean, you do technically match up better with other teams. I get that. But if this Minnesota Vikings team playing their fourth quarterback of the year, hell, Manny, at the time, they may be playing a different quarterback. We don't know a few weeks from now. If they're going to go on any run, there's going to be a lot of weird crap that happens to make that happen. Yeah, and I think it will kind of – I mean, I'm – this team makes the playoffs. I'm not confident that they'd even win a game um, just because of how low of, a, low of a seed they'll be and who they get matched up with. I do, you know, and we'll, we'll kind of get a glimpse of this this weekend and, and twice over the next three weeks. I am kind of curious to see 
what they look like against the Detroit Lions because here's the thing with Detroit. Detroit's really good. They're the best team in the division. They've been the best team in the division all season. Thing with Detroit is it's been a great turnaround in the last couple of years with Dan Campbell and they got out to a bad start last year. You know, they were they were what? What were they? 3-13 and 1 2 years ago in his first year and then they Got out to a bad start last year and finished the season really strong at nine and eight. Didn't make the playoffs, but had a really strong finish to the year. And this year they've been the best team in the division. So they've been ascending and going upwards the last couple of seasons. The question I have about the Lions is how how are they going to play when the when the lights are the brightest? And are they going to start to kind of tighten up a little bit? And do kind of the classic thing that a lot of a lot of new teams that are that are kind of new to this playoff stage that they do is is they just kind of tighten up a little bit. And even though they won their division and they're hosting and the the crowd is rocking and it's loud and it's a it's a hostile environment, you know, they just kind of tighten up a little bit and they start making mistakes. And I think that's going to be something to kind of watch for with the Detroit Lions, not. You know, whoever they get matched up with in the first round, they win this division. Um, you know, it's going to be the underdog and the Lions. You know, I think most people will pick the Lions to win, but it'll be kind of something to watch. And I, I'm, I'm, if I'm looking for anything this weekend, it's that sort of, it's that kind of setup with the Detroit Lions is like, okay. What are they going to look like when the when the when the lights are the brightest? Because here's the thing: the Lions have been good all year. They're ten and four, one of the best offenses in the league. Maybe some question marks on defense. They've they've kind of had some 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 games where they didn't look didn't look great this year. You know, look no further than you know a week and a half ago against the Chicago Bears They're on the road against the a Bears team that's that's not contending for the playoffs right now, and and they were not good. They were like almost not even competitive in that game. Um, bounced back nicely on Sunday against or on I'm I'm sorry on Saturday against the Denver Broncos to get to ten and four. But you know, even like Green Bay coming in on Thanksgiving and and beating them, kind of taking it to them a little bit, kind of had me thinking like, huh, okay, this team is not invincible. And if you catch them on a bad day, and if you if everything's clicking for you, you could go into Ford Field and win a playoff game if need be. But a lot of things would have to go your way. Well, and a lot can change in the next few weeks. But even though the Eagles technically right now may have to play three road games in three weeks to get to the Super Bowl, I think I would still take them over the Lions to get there. I would probably still take the Cowboys. I, I talked yep. about it on the X Machine if Kyle Shanahan can't win this Super Bowl this year, it just might not ever happen for him. So I, I think the Lions definitely have a lot against them, but they do have a lot going for them. And if I'm the Detroit Lions and I'm Dan Campbell, what an opportunity for them to come to U.S. Bank Stadium this weekend, beat the Vikings, get to 11-4 and four and say, no, 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 Minnesota, no, 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 Green Bay. Yep. This is our division, not just this year, but going forward. We're the best team and we're going to show it. And oh, by the way, for the Vikings, let's say they lose to the Lions this weekend, which I feel is going to happen. They turn around, they beat Green Bay. 
Well, more than likely, the Lions are playing for playoff seeding in Week 18. So I don't think the Lions will be resting anybody in Week 18. So the Vikings are going to have to beat the Lions at least one time. The Lions probably playing everybody in the final three weeks. And oh, by the way, Manny, the potential to play the Detroit Lions three times in four three times weeks. in four weeks, yeah. <laughs> back-to-back weeks at Ford Field is just a very odd I guess it's not really a coincidence, but really thanks to the quirk in the schedule of getting the Lions twice in the final three weeks sets up the yeah. possibility of getting them three times in four weeks in which, you know, Manny, the Vikings will double or the NFL will double down and then the Vikings and Lions will kick off next season playing each other. It'll be Viking. <laughs> it'll be we'll all be tired of the Vikings and Lions if that happens. Yeah, it's uh, these next three games for the Vikings are going to be really, you know, really interesting. That green Bay game, I think is going to be absolutely huge. Uh, especially if, you know, if, if the Vikings end up losing to Detroit on Sunday, you know, that's going to be, that's going to be probably the biggest game of the season for the Vikings. Um, you know, as we go forward here, because of where the Packers are at in the standings on the Packers, uh, you know, Matthew Collar and I talked about this a little bit last night on a purple insider about, you know, just like where the Packers are at and, and, you know, how they kind of factor into this because, you know, the Packers are six and eight and, you know, had a, had a kind of a, a, a bad performance against, um, against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on Sunday. And, and before that had a, had a bad loss on the previous Monday night against a, a, a bad giants team, but the Packers are six and eight and you look at who they have left They've got Carolina on Christmas Eve this coming Sunday. Then they then they come here to play the Vikings on uh, on New Year's Eve, and then they're home against the Chicago Bears. So the Packers at six and eight could you know potentially make this thing interesting as well. Oh yeah, they and can get to nine and eight. Absolutely, they can get they to can. nine and eight. They could they could they could run the table and and you know I would. Caution Vikings fans to to assume that that uh, just because you beat the Packers back in late October that you're going to beat them again. Um, you know the they they've been kind of an inconsistent team, a team that's kind of hard to read. Jordan Love, you know, I think we we still don't really know who he is yet. Is he the guy that we saw, you know, against Kansas City a few weeks ago? Or is he the guy that we saw that we've seen the last two weeks against the Giants and Buccaneers, where he's turning the ball over and and making bad decisions and missing open receivers? He had a wide open receiver in the end zone against Tampa the other day and just overthrew him by five yards. Would you, know, you say that's going to be an interesting team to watch? Would you say he is not him? <laughs> the jury I don't is think out. We know right? yet. The jury is out. Yeah, yeah. I don't think we know yet. So it'll it'll be interesting though, but. Yeah, obviously for the Vikings, Sunday is huge. These last three games are are going to be ginormous. And don't forget about the Los Angeles Rams, too. Another team that's 7-7 seven and seven in the playoff mix, and they're playing really good yeah, football right now. Yeah, they got now. some moxie, too. Good mix of young and good mix of veterans. And, of course, a quarterback that it, we all believe is very good and has won a Super Bowl in Matthew Stafford. Manny, that's yeah. all I got for you. A very happy holiday season. Merry Christmas to you and your family. We'll fulfill the Manny quote at some point in January, okay? 
Sounds like a plan. I like it. At Manny Hill 84 on the X machine. I am at the Ross Brendel on that X machine. Don't forget if you're watching on YouTube, like, subscribe, comment, hate me, love me. I don't care. Just let me know what you think. Also, don't forget to rate and review on Apple and Spotify. Thank you so much for listening. I'll actually be back again later this week in this feed with Daniel House. A quick quick lane bowl preview with Daniel House from Gophers Guru. I'm Ross Brendel saying thank you for listening. Talk again real soon.